Well, good morning and welcome, everyone. I am your host, James Orr, with another episode of the Serving Real Estate Investors.com webinar, Substack, podcast, whatever else we're doing here. So um, I got a relatively short class today. I just got off teaching uh, the newest updates to the world's greatest real estate deal analysis spreadsheet. And it is awesome. I just, I'm, I'm like in such a, like a blissful high of uh, sharing with you guys the, the newest spreadsheet I just did. It's, it's uh, pretty amazing stuff. So anyway, let's get back into uh, why work with house hackers, which is the topic for today. We've kind of done a series of these where we're slowly going through and I'm trying to show you, I think I did a whole class on all the different real estate investing strategies and all the different types of real estate investors. And now I'm kind of taking a little bit of time and going into and saying, you know, so why would I work with you know, house flippers? Why would I work with nomads? Why would I work with house hackers? Why would I work with long-term buy and hold people? Why would I work with wholesalers? And trying to give you my perspective on, you know, some of the pros and cons of working with different types of investors. And so that is what we're doing today. We're continuing on. So what is a house hacker? A house hacker is somebody, real estate investor, who is buying properties where they can rent out part of it to offset the cost of living in the property. So the most common version of this is the investors that they want to buy a duplex where they can live in one half and rent out the other half, or they want to buy a triplex or a fourplex where they can live in one of the units and rent out the other ones. And the dream for a lot of these folks is to be able to completely cover their housing expense by living in one of the units. You know, this was, uh, I, I just thought of this, but my father, um, his one of his strategies was house hacking. He really liked the idea of living in a duplex, um, uh, not necessarily a triplex or fourplex. I never really saw him do that, but he liked the idea of buying a duplex and living in one half and then renting out the other one, having that um, mostly cover his entire mortgage payment. Um, and I think that was a great strategy. Still is a great strategy, I should say. Um, so the most common version is the people buying a duplex, triplex or fourplex and renting out the other units. However, it doesn't have to be that way. There are people that they rent out single family homes and they rent out their house by rooms. Or another common one is a non-conforming duplex or triplex or fourplex or whatever, where the property is set up like it's a duplex. I mean, there's an upstairs and then the door to the downstairs is locked and bolted and it's a heavy exterior solid core door. Um, and then there's a separate side entrance to get downstairs, like a, a staircase going into the door to the basement. And so it feels like a duplex, even though it literally is a single family home. It's not zoned to duplex and you technically can't, you know, like call it a duplex. You're not financing it like it's a duplex. It's really feels like a duplex, but it's not. And so that's a situation where house hackers might look at that and they may rent it out almost like it's a roommate situation where they have a roommate, but their roommate is living in a completely separated off unit. Um, maybe they share some parts of it. Maybe they don't. It really depends on the situation, but that's sort of the, you know, another variation to this where people do that. So other varieties, roommates, upstairs, downstairs, sort of like non-conforming situations. Um, some people will use this with short-term rentals where they will, you know, rent out their house in a short-term rental, and maybe they have an RV on the property in the back, or like a little, uh, you know, kind of like mini office, secondary house, you know, like a, a she shack or, uh, you know, man cave or something like that, like, like their office, and they will rent out their house a few times a month, and they'll sleep in the back house or whatever it is. Or maybe they have a separate tiny home on the property completely, 
And maybe they rent out the tiny home. Maybe they're not the ones sleeping in the tiny home. Maybe the tiny home is the thing that they're renting out. So there's all sorts of variations to this. But the basic idea is they're renting out part of the property that they're living in. And that's what house hacking is about. And as I mentioned, the ideal is to have enough income coming in from the property to live for free or even make a little profit. But it may be very difficult to achieve, especially in certain markets. In some markets, that may be normal, right? Like being able to do that. In other markets, like your market, it may be very, very difficult to do that. And part of what your expertise is, is finding out what is happening, what's normal, what are people achieving, how are they doing it? You know, what are the little tricks in your local marketplace that you can apply? And that's the stuff that they're looking for, why they're coming to you, why they're teaching classes, why you're teaching classes, why they're coming to classes to do that. Okay, so let's talk about the pros and cons of working with house hackers quick. So some of the pros, there is a very deep well of content to be able to share with them, to attract them. There's lots of clearly defined things to teach. Everything from deal analysis for house hacking properties to insurance for house hacking properties to um, you know, tenant screening, how to deal with roommates, you know, how do you set up the roommate lease versus other lease, house rules like asset protection when you have you know people in here, like there's a really deep well. It's like a lot of the same content we have for buy and hold guys, but it's now also stuff about like roommates and having people live with you and how that changes things and how to do deal analysis when you're buying a property to live in and you're renting out part of it and you got partial depreciation and like all that stuff is a really deep well of content. It's pretty clearly defined and there's lots of opportunities to demonstrate your value and what you bring to the table, and lots of classes to teach and reasons to stay in touch. So I think it's a great group for that reason. Plus, I think you get great long-term, often repeat clients with durable relationships. I think this is one of those things where it's not like, it's not as extreme as house, um, as house flippers, where they're like wanting to have a relationship with 30 different real estate investors, and they'll do a deal with whoever brings them the deal. This is someone who you can have a long-term repeat relationship with, add value over the over a long period of time, and you can expect more loyalty, I think, than house flippers, typically. Um, they may also want to optimize their portfolios over time. Some of them may you know, move out of that property and convert it to a rental, and they may buy another property, sort of like you know, becoming a nomad, um, or they may want to eventually sell that property and upgrade to a different, more expensive unit where they're still house hacking if maybe, or maybe they're not house hacking anymore, like a lot of that, but they may choose to buy or sell based on maximizing their return on equity. They may want to pull cash out, go use that to buy another property. Like there's a lot of opportunities for that with these types of folks. Um, it can mean because they're trying to buy duplexes, triplexes and fourplexes, it can mean that they're buying slightly more expensive multifamily properties than a single family home that a, another typical client of that age might buy, right? So they may be going in there and buying a fourplex, which might be two or three times the cost of a single family home in your marketplace, depending on the properties and condition and area and stuff like that. But they can be a lot more expensive than someone who's just coming in and wanting to buy a single family home to live in. I mentioned also before that they may end up becoming a client for other types of deals. So they may decide to become nomads. They may decide to move every year and do that. Once they, they think they only want house hacking because they, they don't know about nomad. And then you bring them to class and you teach a class on nomad where you mention it in one of the house hacking classes. And they're like, what are you talking about? You're, you mean you're buying a house every year? Well, that's even better than my house hacking plan. I'll combine those. I'll house hack and nomad at the same time, which we do. You know, we do a lot of that. 
So then you learn about that and they're like, oh, great. Now they become a, you know, a five purchase client over the next five years or 10 years or 10 purchase client over the next 10 years. Like they can become additional clientele for other things you're doing. May decide they want to do a fix and flip every once in a while. They may decide they want to do additional buy and hold. Now that they've, they don't have a housing expense, they can afford to save up more for their down payments, which is actually another benefit. They also, they often also have a reasonable expectation for the properties. It's not like they need to buy at these ridiculously large discounts because they have to flip it. They are looking for functionality and whether this property would be a good situation for them to house hack in. And so they don't necessarily have to have these really unreasonable expectations about deals. So what are some of the downsides? Well, relatively limited property types. They're not looking for just any old house in most cases. And your market may or may not have an abundance of these. And so that could potentially be problematic. Not that you should eliminate these, but I think that, and in fact, it could be an opportunity for you because what they learn online or they learn from books or they learn from other podcasts may not be what's available in your marketplace. And part of what you might teach is, you know, how to house hack correctly in our market, which doesn't have these types of deals. And so you could talk about that. Like, for example, my city, the primary city I lived in and worked in, uh, did not have a lot of multifamily, didn't have a lot of duplex, triplex, fourplexes. And the ones that came up often weren't really good for house hacking. There were, there were some that were good, but it wasn't like the main strategy where in some markets, like there's a lot of duplexes, triplexes, and fourplexes to choose from. In my particular market, there wasn't. A town or two over there was. And so we tell them, look, if you want to go do that, you probably need to go here. You know, if we find one in your time frame, great, we'll do that. But And you'll run numbers on it. But a lot of times they're not deals. And, you know, they're just too expensive for what you're getting and the numbers you're going to get. Um, or, you know, you may want to go to this other city and do that. Or this is what we're, this is what is working in our marketplace. You know, doing single family homes like this or looking for the non-conforming opportunities and working with those. Okay. So those are the cons, kind of like the uh, basic idea of what's going on there. It's be a short class. Uh, I hope you guys have a great day. Thank you much. Thanks so much for joining me. I'll get the recording up here soon, but bye-bye for now.